At the autopsy, the doctors found that she was basically a decayed corpse. Just fragments of skin, no blood, and bones that were held together by piano wire. She had glass eyes and a wig made out of her own hair that had fallen out over the years as she decayed. As her skin deteriorated, he would replace it with oiled silk and wax. He used perfume to cover up the odor of the decomposition process. As the pathologist continued the autopsy, they found that he had inserted a vaginal tube inside of the body so that sexual intercourse could be performed. It was difficult to believe that a sane man could have lived this way with a corpse for so many years. by the good people at the Podbelly Network. My fellow Americans, we are fortunate to be alive. They need them to protect us from the number one killer in history. Protect us from the central university. A study on the wives revealed 290 a study on started like watching it they would play mm-hmm. that song to like signify like all right for the next three hours is where like the preteens get to watch gargoyles and like darkwing duck yeah, and shit that. like that yeah. yeah dude that was a good era of cartoons yeah. bro dude i'm glad they're all on disney plus now man yeah I'll, oh my god i mean i'm just gonna start the episode and yeah. then like i'll figure it out but um I regret last week we didn't uh, videotape uh, like officially for the YouTube <laughs> for the Kobe one, but I'm kind of glad because that one got like uh, very emotional, and that was a really, really, really well received episode. That was a good episode, man. Yeah. You know what? I I just want to give a shout out because um, we did the Aaron Hernandez slash Super Bowl mm-hmm. one. I thought we did a good job, mm-hmm. which I think we did. I did. Go, I- go listen to it. It was fun. It was fun having. Tyler. Tyler here. Tyler the creator. <laughs> um, having him here, it was really fun. One of my favorite episodes. Anytime he's here, I think we've hit it out of the park. Yeah. But um, uh, we're not sure yet. Also cover their that episode. Their episode is really good. It made me a little bit jealous. Mm-hmm. A little bit jealous. Hey, but you got to blame yourself, though, dude. We were going to go full bore like they were, but like you were like, oh, just, you know, we'll... We'll save it. You go just watch the episode, and I'm like, oh, I wish we really would have covered it more in depth. But you know, if you really want to learn about Aaron Hernandez, maybe we might cover it. You know, at another episode. But if not, go check out our sisters from We're Not Sure Yet. Yeah, who we should be doing another collaboration with soon. Yeah. Soon. So, 
Um, I do have six weeks socks. Six weeks. I have off. six socks of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I have six socks in my uh, my sock drawer. No, um, I should be having six weeks off so we can do more of these episodes. And, Dude, I'm so down. Um, and I have a weird schedule, so I can just randomly show up. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, you mind if I grab some breakfast burritos and record an episode? I'm like, yeah, bro, show, show up. But I will apologize in advance if you hear a little <laughs> in the That's background. Not a sheep. That is not a sheep. It is not, you know, uh, what's his name from Saturday Night Live? Uh, sheep Boy or Lamb Boy? Goat Boy? Boy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I thought that was a bad sketch. Jim Brewer. Jim Brewer. Did you Brewer. like that sketch? When I was a kid, I did. I don't know how I feel about it now. There's a lot of things I saw when I was a kid that I loved, and then when I revisit, you know, on Disney Plus, then I'm like, wow, how did I ever like it? But again, yeah. I was like nine. But yeah, no, that's not Jim Brewer in the background, you know, doing Goat Boy. It is my new little baby boy in the background so um you might hear him a little faintly in the background uh he's a good kid um pretty chill he's pretty chill you know he does you know have his little moments uh he gets fussiness. Sick with it. yeah but officially for everybody asking his name is archie um i believe because if it was going to be a girl uh, we were going to name it um after aria from game of thrones and that was my pick uh-huh. and then if it was a boy you know perla she was gonna you know name him so she decided with archie just because we spent like months trying to figure out a name. So it's Archie. It's not short for Archibald or anything like that. Archibald. No, <laughs> it's just straight <laughs> up just Archie. Um, and I think because everybody like that, we would like we'd come up with a name. It was just like, nah, there, I know a guy like that. I hate that guy. Fuck that guy. Yeah. Or it's just like, oh, no, he's going to get made fun of and whatnot. So I think Archie is like different enough, but just normal enough to where it's just you, you hear it. And I was, you're OK with it, you know. And um, the middle name is Thorin uh, because... Your grandma. My grandma, yes. My grandma's name is Thora, uh, which is, you know, the Norse god of thunder, Thora, or Thor. Um, but I didn't want to have, the, you know, the middle name just be straight up Thor and everyone just thinks of Chris Hemsworth. So I just added the, you know, the actual Norse pronunciation to it. So yeah. it's like, so it's like, fuck yeah, like something just strong and, you know, just masculine, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, That's t- why my, uh, my nephew, his name is Branson. Just because it's like, you know, like in the, um, like they'll add the son or like mm-hmm. daughter of whatever, or son of whatever. That's why they add the Odin son. son. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. So there you go. Archie Thorin. How you sleeping? You sleeping all right? A nope. lot of baby watch? No. So like the first night, because um, she had to be induced because she was like four or five days overdue. Um, the first day was like kind of stressful because we didn't know like when her contractions were going to start. I bet, man. I was kind of stressed for you. And I was... I thought I was like, God damn! How do you deal with that? You know it's gonna happen, but it's just like mm-hmm. it's like you're riding a roller coaster and you don't know when it's gonna come down. It just keeps going. And that's exactly how it felt because everything was cool. We were just joking. Like I think we watched because the the hospital we were at, like they had like a ton of movies like on deck. So like every Marvel movie ever, it was like almost like Disney Plus, but like you know Dignity Health version. Of Which that. hospital is uh, Memorial? Uh, Big from Memorial, Thirty um, Fourth Street. Kind of by that. Oh, kind of by the like down the street from the police department, and all that. Uh, more, more. I'm no, thinking, I'm thinking of San Joaquin. San yeah. Joaquin. Shot. It is by a Taco Bell, so it was very appropriate. And it was also a hospital I was born at. So, but you know, they had Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah. Oh, okay. Just outside of downtown, right, right next to like Bernard. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. There. there used to be a Kmart across the street. Now it's like a pharmacy yep, or something. There you go. Oh, okay. All right. But very important. You know, I wanted to make sure he was born near a Taco Bell in the vicinity. <laughs> 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 Which, um, and then I was also born there too. But no, very impressed. You know, we watched like the, all of the Marvel movies and 
we were just having a good time. Then all of a sudden, you know, I've drifted off and took like a little bit of a two hour nap. And all of a sudden I just hear like her just screaming like, oh my God. And like, I just see my girlfriend shaking. So I don't know if like Satan entered her body or not. Yeah, Satan. Yeah, it was Satan. (laughs) (laughs) And um, I guess she just started having like really strong contractions. And so the the, um, doctor had to come in with the epidural shot. And I shit you not, this thing looked like D'Artagnan's sword from fucking the Three Musketeers. Cause this shit, this needle was like this long, and but it was like hella thin. Ugh. And he was just like, he just looked like um, who was the guy from Game of Thrones, like that Arya was um, learning swordsmanship from. Oh, I don't know, Serial Pharrell or something like that. Yeah, looked like that. Like he was. What just, do we say to the god of death? Not today. So what do we say to the god of pain? Not today, because <laughs> he threw that shit like in her back. And you just see immediately, like, her legs just, like, give out. like Stuck it in her back, like a backbone? Yeah. Like a they spinal do. tap? Yeah. Urgh, I didn't know this. I don't need to know this. Yeah, no, it gets worse from here. But, um, you know, make a long story short, you know, after, you know, she started having those contractions, like, she dilated from, like, two centimeters. And you have to be 10 centimeters to um, give birth. And, like, with a matter of, like, two hours, like, it opened up from, like, two centimeters to 10, like, and they just brought out all the equipment. Like, as soon as they checked her that final time, like, oh, honey, like, I see you're at 10 centimeters, and I see, like, all of this hair. Um, you know, they just brought out all this equipment. The doctor, conveniently, the doctor's office is, like, right across the street. And I just see, like, our doctor with his lovely, like, curly mullet, like, running, gracefully running like a unicorn across the street <laughs> huh. uh, to, uh, you know, where she was at. And, you know, they bring out all the equipment, and she's pushing, and I just see this, like, fuzz of hair coming out of her hoo and then... You know, he's not coming out. And so the doctor just like snips it like real quick down there. And I'm like, oh, and this like doctor or a nurse behind me. She's like, are you going to be okay? And I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) Because immediately you just see like all this blood and whatnot come out. But yeah, at 1144 a.m., little Archie made his uh, debut. And well, congrats, man. Yeah. Thank you, man. Congratulations, man. That's crazy. That's a a, a once in a lifetime thing. It's your firstborn child. Yeah. And it's one of those things, like, everybody, like, explains it. Like, it was the best day of my life. Like, I won't say it was the best day because I'm still letting it process. Yeah. But it's definitely you feel your heart change. Like, I feel like my heart beforehand was, like, kind of, like, I'll say it, like, you know, like, jaded and cold a little bit. But, like, I feel it, like, warming up a little bit, you know. So Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, I would imagine, like, every morning you would wake up, you would be, like... All right, this my life is different now. Yeah. <laughs> like everything was like so centered around like my lawn or like my dogs. Like now everything is like, oh man, okay, man, I kind of want to go to to Walmart and check out the, you know, baby supplies and whatnot. You know, I want to get them this, I want to get them that. Like so, it's like totally like refocus like everything around my life. Yeah. I just want to protect them like a little. When I got here, you had a sign that said like "Welcome." little print or something (laughs) and i was like wow jacob really went out of his way (laughs) (laughs) for you (laughs) hey man thanks yeah (laughs) feel really welcomed here (laughs) i haven't seen you since last wednesday i really missed you sir so no my mom put that up yeah (laughs) i don't have that good of a handwriting but yeah so yeah so yeah everybody if you hear a little noise in the background i do apologize but just deal with it because cool i'll bring you a baby gift next ah you bought the crib oh no I i gotta get you something i gotta get you something I will say this, our, our our friend Ben, who's been on a couple episodes with us, he went to the Kobe Bryant, um, you know, memorial, the first game the Lakers, you know, had, you yeah. know, after Kobe passed and just went by himself. I was like, wow, that's really cool. And he was like, you want me to get you anything, man? I was like, nah, don't worry about me, man. Just get some confetti or whatever, you know, somebody leaves behind. And I got to shout out Ben, man. Like he went and he spent like 50, 60 bucks, Dang. like just on the baby. Like, Did you get that? Yeah, you got that that's poster cool. of Kobe and Gianna right there, so... 
man, shout him out, man. It's, it, you really find out who's your family and who's your friend, man, like when shit like this happens. That's cool, man. I, I like that. I was, I was going to ask you, like, where'd you get that poster? That's Staples Center. They baby. had uh, a Kobe Memorial downtown here at yeah. Dignity Health. Yeah, they did. Yeah. Crazy. But I couldn't go because I was waiting on the baby. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. I wanted to go so bad, too, man. But wait, was it? I feel like. Did we record that night? I don't know what I was doing. I couldn't go because I. It was definitely after we recorded. I remember that. Okay. Yeah, because I remember a lot of people hitting me up after that. It was like, I just listened to your episode. Are you going to go to the memorial? And I'm like, I can't, brother. Homie might come out. There might be Bro, a just listen to it. Didn't know you knew Kobe, man. <laughs> but anyways, uh, this week we're going to be doing something a little bit different. But before we get into the episode, we got to shout out our sponsor. So Art. Let me tell you about Caveman Coffee, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you about Caveman Coffee. Jacob has some nitro brew right here, the cold brew kind. If you're drinking energy drinks, all that sugar and shit that's going to make your kidneys fail, mm-hmm. just do me a favor and stop doing that shit. Yeah. Go all natural. Go the caveman route. Go the paleo route and just drink some caveman coffee. It's just as strong and it'll keep you awake and it won't fucking make your heart explode and your kidneys fail on you. So do yourself a favor. And if you don't want decaf, if you if you, if you don't want the caffeine and you just want some decaf, which is what I do, mm-hmm. um, they have a decaf. And they have like 15% off their uh, winter apparel right now. Yeah, and they got some cool apparel too. Like a lot of places, you know, they have merch and it's kind of questionable. I will say this about Caveman Coffee. They got some pretty dope ass, you know, uh, you know, hoodies, uh, t-shirts, um, beanies I saw on there as well, yeah. as well as cups and, and stuff like that. So it looks like kettlebells. My girlfriend know? has the mug, the one with the uh, the mammoth on it. It looks mm-hmm. all mastodon looking. Yeah. I'm always jealous because I'll be like looking through like her mugs and I'm like, dang, this is so fucking sick. Like it's just straight up black and silver yeah. with a fucking mammoth on it. And I'm like, God damn, that's so cool. So if you want to impress your coworkers with a decent badass mug you know just go to caveman coffee and use promo code america and save your ass another 15 percent off off of what they already offer on the store for 15 percent off as well and if you're on instagram and you're drinking it go ahead and tag them in there and tell them art and jacob sent you yes but with that said art do you want to jump into the topic for this week let's do it man this is like our third anniversary of doing this topic and i love doing this topic because um when we first did this topic it was kind of like a a last minute rush thing. Like we were about, we we're going to have like a lead singer on from a band. I won't say who, but we were really looking forward to it. And we kind of got stood up and I kind of felt like, you know, I, I don't know if you've ever had like, you know, Oh, I really want to talk to this girl. Oh, I really want to go on this date. And then she conveniently gets sick. Or I, I always think of, you know, you know, I asked this girl to like this Valentine's dance in high school and I was looking so forward to it. And, you know, she ended up saying like, Oh, you know, my family's going to go out of town. Well, as it turns out, you know, she ended up going to the dance with somebody oh, a lot dude. taller, a lot more Aryan looking and better looking than I. And then I was heartbroken for her. Funny story. My buddy Danny from high school, he was going to go to prom with this girl, right? And he got like the suit. He got everything. What is that? The little croissant or whatever they call it? <laughs> croissant. What are they called? <laughs> Cumberbunk or Cum- whatever. I don't know. The little thing that you stick on her with the flower thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so... um. He got everything. He went to go pick her up. And then her brother answers the door. And her brother's like, uh, she's in Mexico right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then he was like, what? So he ended up just going to the dance. But I guess like it later turned out that 
Uh, I guess she just didn't want to go dance with him. Oh, didn't know how to tell him. So that's sad. I, I'll tell all the ladies out there: just be straight up honest. Like I'd rather just have a girl just say, "Fuck you," you know what? Hey, be straight up honest. But at the same time, these are high school age kids, so I'm like, this is your w- worst version of yourself. Yeah, that is true. But anyways, um, I kind of felt the worst version. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of felt like that after that episode. But we brainstorm. We did our first, um, you know, my bloody Valentine. And, you know, I really dug that concept. So what's going to happen is, is Art's going to tell a story about a jilted lover, um, it, it bloody Valentine, as it in, insinuates that yeah. something something very uh, legal is about to happen here. All right, guys, let me tell you, you know, a lot of weird names in this one, because this, this story takes place in South Africa. Mm. So Shout out Nicole. <laughs> oh, is she from South <laughs> She's Africa? She's from South Africa. Nicole, I have something I'm going to send you then. I have some, like, cool stuff that we're coming up with in the next few days weeks mm-hmm. uh you'll be the first one to get it also alejandra is gonna get some shit because yeah. alejandra's here local you might get it before <laughs> <laughs> alejandra will take me like five seconds to get it to you yeah but um uh his name is oscar pistorius okay is this that runner guy yes okay so oscar oscar pistorius is was famous I remember when we were working at Target, mm-hmm. he was famous uh, for being a Oly- Olympic sprinter, and he had like bionic legs. So basically, oh, those little um, um, those like boomerang looking things, right? They call him the Blade Runner because his legs are like literally blades. His legs look like cheetah legs. Yes, and I remember uh, Cat Williams. He even had that that that. Um that joke where he called him pole little tank tank or whatever because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. his legs went tink 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 every time he would run basically this guy was so fucking fast at his craft that he went from competing against um uh d- he was a double amputee but he was also competing against like single amputees so he went from competing against those guys to go into the full-on olympics which became a controversy in itself yeah um just because people were saying like, well, he has an advantage. He has less body weight because he's missing half his leg. And basically the bottom part of his leg is a machine that's making him go faster than us. Mm-hmm. Um, funny story. I did watch his Larry King interview where Larry King brings that up. And he's like, it couldn't have been that much of an advantage. You lost the race. <laughs> <laughs> I was laughing, dude. Larry King's an OG. I love Larry King too because he'll fart like on camera and then like kind of like move his leg around like he just like scraped the floor or whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. I hope he never dies. He won't. He will never die. Um, The evil never die. Yeah, but he was born with a birth defect. Basically, he had had to have his knees amputated to have him, like, fitted to those legs that he would eventually wear. But he he was just naturally gifted and naturally fast. He was mm-hmm. he had a knee injury playing rugby, so he was like a big guy. If you're playing rugby, rugby is no chicken shit sport. No, it's football without pad. Basically. Yeah, yeah, basically you're willing to get in there and get fucked up. But that's how he you know started developing his speed, and people were like, "Wow, this guy's really fast." They had somebody from like some like aerodynamic scientists come up with these like super fast blades that'll make them run a lot faster. Basically, you know, I couldn't think of, I guess Michael Phelps would be the closest thing of like national hero where it's Mm -hmm. like this guy's abnormally fast. And the fact that he was missing his legs made him even more of a sensation. He was a good looking guy. Like Mm -hmm. he looked like a model. Um, Pistorius, that's like Greek, right? So he's like shaped like a Greek god. Yeah, he he looked like a model kind of guy. And um, he basically, you know, he was kind of South Africa's 
I don't know. I guess Michael Phelps. But I'm trying to think. He was bigger than Michael Phelps because Michael mm-hmm. Phelps is like his claim to fame was like he got those medals and he was in a Wheaties box. But this is smoke weed. And, yeah, and like I'm trying to think who would be. I guess he would be the Tom Brady of of because they you know they don't have big sports outside of rugby. Like there's no other sport there or soccer maybe. Yeah, but they don't rugby. really have like a big soccer star. Would you say? Yeah, I don't. There's no big. I don't soccer know. Nicole, star let there. us know. Let us know who who your who your sport people are. <laughs> we don't know about South Africa. Nicole, was he good looking or not? That's yeah. the other thing I. I know this might be your Andrew Luck moment, but I yeah. mean, when I look at him, I think the same thing. I'm like, oh, okay, I can see how a girl would fall in love with him and not he, go to the dance with me. He had a chiseled chin. Yeah, see, that's always that. see, that's always a good indicator if they're handsome or not. Yeah. Because I think that's like one of the. It, he had a very difficult thing to do, where like, whenever you start getting that fuzzy vibe around your chin, oh, that five o'clock shadow. Yeah, there's that's a very difficult thing like to pull off the George Clooney five o'clock shadow, and he pulled it off. And that is a tipping point where I'll say, like, yeah, he was a good-looking guy. Yeah. If he didn't have that, because there's pictures of him when he's younger and he has those, like, Justin Timberlake highlights. <laughs> fucking uh, uh, looks like fucking uh, Maruchan in his hair. <laughs> <laughs> like, it looks really shitty. But anyways, um, yeah, he basically became, you know, big celebrity, starts dating this model. Her name is Reba King Stink Camp. <laughs> okay. We'll just call her Reba for now. Okay. Reba McIntyre. That's a lot easier. Um, so she, in, in her own right, she was a model. She was also, uh, she had her law degree, so she wasn't like some regular, just dumb model. Like she knew what she was talking about. And they're dating. Actually, they weren't dating very long. They were dating for about three months. Um, so they went to go have a uh, Valentine's night together. So they're looking at February 14th, 2003. Real quick, though. Yeah. I want to say this. Like, uh, the tightest move you can pull off. Like, yeah, like, when you're first dating, yeah, of course, you want to you want to share, like, a good Valentine's date, you know, with somebody. You want to make the reservations. I believe when me and my girlfriend, our first Valentine's date was at some fancy hotel here in Bakersfield. And uh, we both ate, like, a steak dinner. I didn't even know at the time. But was she it the didn't. Belvedere? Uh, no, it was the one downtown. The Padre? The Padre has yeah. the Belvedere inside of it. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah then you're right. I don't, I don't know what it was called. Yeah, I just yeah. know, like, that sounds baller as fuck. So we ended up having like this $280 dinner. Like I didn't even know because it's so fucking like baller that like they don't even have prices. Like it's not Outback Steakhouse. It's yeah, yeah. just like, oh, this is our Kobe steak. And I was like, shout out Kobe. Like I'm going to get the Kobe steak because that's yeah. what you're named after, right? True story. And so the bill comes and the the um, the waiter's all like, hey, if you'd um, like us on Yelp or check in, like you can get 15% off your bill. And I'm like, ah, that's cool, man. Don't worry about it. And so he gives me the bill and it's like 280 bucks. But yes, my point is, your first Valentine's Day date, you want to make sure it's on Valentine's Day and you, you make a, an event out of it and whatnot. But me and my girlfriend have been dating almost seven years, I want to say. So at this point, it's just like, hey, do you want to go like a day or two early? <laughs> so yeah. that way, like, we can actually enjoy ourselves because nothing is worse. Like when you're trying to enjoy your, your Valentine's Day. and Especially this time. This year is coming on Friday. Yeah. It's like, good luck. You're going to end up fucking getting some shit you you got to book those a month in advance and the general public too like if you if you do like if you fuck up and you don't get the belvedere and you have to go to outback steakhouse you're dealing with like the worst of society like all the last minute planners who aren't the most pleasant of people so uh tip out there for everybody you know if you're like in your fifth or sixth year of dating and you know like hey do you mind if like on valentine's day we just net chicks and net net chicks (laughs) get a heart-shaped pizza stay home 
watch the Aaron Hernandez documentary. Yes, and then listen to our episode, <laughs> or we're not sure you're sure yet. Episode, and but you know, just ball out. You know, maybe the day or two before. Like that's the tightest move you can make. Yeah. Um, so Love anyway, advice from Jacob Pixton. So he pulls out the uh, let's just stay home and like chill move Netflix mm-hmm. and chill because she comes over to his place. She actually shows up before he does, so he's not even home yet. Oh, that's weird. Kind of a baller move, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, she gets there first. And basically, the, the most of what makes this such an interesting story are the events that take place starting now. So according to him, they were lying in bed. Uh, it was a hot night because, remember, February the 14th in South Africa is like the middle of summer. So they have an open window, a balcony window with fans facing inside. So, which is fucking weird that he doesn't have AC at his place because it's a like luxury, like... Mm-hmm. home so so but he has fans facing inside and um he says that he wakes up in the middle of the night and she says what's wrong you can't sleep and he's like no so he goes and grabs the fan and starts pulling it inside and then closes the doors only to hear that there's a noise in the bathroom so he grabs his gun and i'm giving you guys the cliff notes because i'm going to explain it in more more of an in-depth after this he grabs his gun from under the bed and then runs over, according to him, without his stilt legs. <laughs> so, <laughs> so he's, he's just thighs? so he's just like um, he's like what, Peter Dinklage. Who's the who's the dad from King of the Hill? Oh, um, Hank Hill. Yeah, Hank Hill's Hank Hill's dad. Oh, uh, Cotton. Cotton. He's like Cotton. He's just running. But <laughs> I, I lost both my kneecaps <laughs> in the war. Yeah, he's just fucking running towards the bathroom with the gun, right? Mm-hmm. And he sees that. Okay, so the bathroom is just a single square. Mm-hmm. with the toilet inside so there's no windows no mirrors nothing like that in there all you can do is go in there and take a shit and i thought it was kind of weird but then at the same time when i was living in san antonio we had a bath our downstairs bathroom which is a kind of our guest bathroom was like mm-hmm. that where it's the toilet and then it did have a sink and a and a mirror but nothing else so i assume that that's what this was like yeah so um the window was right outside of the bathroom. And a lot of, I was listening to a lot of other podcasts about this. They all get it wrong. They all say that the window's inside the bathroom. It's mm-hmm. There's no, it's it's right outside the bathroom. And he noticed that that window was open. So according to him, he just starts shooting. And he's like, there's got to be someone in there. Somebody broke in. And so he yells at his girlfriend. According to him, he still believes that she's in bed. And so he starts shooting into the bathroom. And then when he goes back, he notices that, oh shit she's not in bed anymore and he believes that now she's in there so she's he starts trying to break into the to the bathroom kicking the door down he takes a uh cricket bat which super fucking south african so you have a cricket bat at hand Uh and starts trying to knock the door down to try to get in there and then you know that's when he realizes like oh shit it's her um he calls the front office of his like living complex because it's for some reason, he didn't dial their version of 911 there. Uh-huh. So he calls them. He's like, hey, I need you to call an ambulance. And so, you know, eventually they do. They show up and they're like, holy shit. Like, you know, how do you explain these events? And that was basically his story that he thought a prowler was breaking in. He thought his wife, oh, girlfriend was still in bed with him. And right off the bat, so I was watching this like shitty document. We found me and my girlfriend found this like really shitty documentary last night. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, it doesn't even make any sense. Cause wouldn't you like, after you bring in the fans and you hear a noise, wouldn't you be like, Hey, did you hear that? Yeah. What the fuck's that? Like, 
why would she try to communicate right away? Like, it didn't make sense to me right off the bat. I will say this, though. You always hear, like, those stories of, like, people, like, those, like, pro-gun people and whatnot, like, saying, like, oh, if somebody breaks into my house, I'm just going to shoot first and ask questions later kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I always think of that. So I'm like, was he, like, one of those gun nut guys or, like, what? Like, Well, we'll get into that because oh, okay. it does get a little bit crazier than this. So, um, you know, forensics show up. They start, you know, asking a bunch of questions like, hey, why would you shoot? If you had this guy cornered, you have a gun, just tell him like, hey, I'm calling the police. Why don't you just, instead of killing him, according to you, like, why is why is this happening? Um, why did you just shoot this guy? Um, and, he, and it could have been that. It could have been, the, I'm going to shoot first. And, uh, except that in South Africa, the law's a little bit different. Over okay. there, killing is killing. Yeah. So um, if you kill someone, you still go to jail. We're just trying to prove if it was intended or if he was, if you, you know, if it was an accidental murder. So, involuntary manslaughter. Yeah, involuntary manslaughter. So th- at this point, we're just deciding how much time you're going to spend in jail. So that's really where the ca- he's going to go at some point. He's going to do some he kind knows, of jail time. Yeah, because yeah, over there is like killing is killing. You're going to have to do some time. Um, but he's such a celebrity that they're you know, the 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 crowd is on his side. Mm-hmm. Like the police are kind of in his side to a certain extent. They want to take pictures with him. Mm-hmm. Um, the main, the main, um, detective that was on this case was also the same detective that was on one of his other cases because earlier, I would say like not even, uh, just a couple of months prior to this, he had pushed his woman into a door. The same girlfriend? No, no, a different, a different oh, woman shit. altogether. So she was kind of in this legal dispute. So she, he was already aware of who this guy was cause you know, he was on that case of like shoving this woman into a door. So, you know, he wasn't, he wasn't an angel. Right, um, and his story wasn't adding up. The other thing that wasn't adding up was the bullets that came in. If according to him, he just rushed over there and did his like, like Cotton, the, the dad from <laughs> King, King of the Hill. Hill. If he just shot at a lower angle, right? If you get on your knees and you're shooting at a door, they're probably going to be pretty low mm-hmm. or facing up. Well, the bullets that were coming in, they were coming in downward. Yeah. So they were like, well, at least you had time to go put your legs on. Then that means you ran over there with your legs on. And according to him, he didn't. The other thing that was kind of surprising is it looked from where the bullets entered her body, it looked like she was on the other side of the door, like trying to keep him out. So it wasn't like she was sitting in the toilet taking a shit or anything like that. It looked like, you know, she was trying to keep him from like breaking the door down. Oh, wow. Which, you know, kind of kicks into like where that, where that cricket bat was coming in, you know? Mm-hmm. He was doing that whole shining thing where he's, like, breaking Here's through the door. Here's Johnny. Yeah, exactly. Here's Beatrice. It, it seemed like he was doing that shit. So, like, he was trying to break the door down with the with the cricket bat, couldn't get in, so he gets and goes to get the gun. And at this point, this is where his, like, story start, starts to unravel a little bit. Because we start going into his backstory. And apparently two weeks prior to this event, that's when he got the gun. So he was hanging out with his buddies at a fancy restaurant, and one of his buddies was handing him the gun, like undercover, like under the table itself, oh, and then accidentally, Corleone and shit. yeah, accidentally drops the gun and almost shoots somebody at the restaurant, and doesn't get in trouble because nobody, no harm, no foul, and you're a rich dude in a rich restaurant. He's got a chiseled chin. Yeah, so it's like, all right, you know, we'll let it slide. You're you're the fucking uh, Michael Phelps of South, <laughs> South Africa. Africa, South Africa. <laughs> so they let it slide, but he also has another int- this this whole ordeal with one of his ex-girlfriends where she he starts threatening his ex-girlfriend's new boyfriend 
saying that he was going to break his fucking legs. And he's like, I guess that new boyfriend was actually kind of scared of him because he knows that for some reason this guy owns a lot of guns and he runs with a lot of dudes that own guns and stuff like that. So apparently he was like going around threatening people and like nobody wanted to fuck with him. Also, you know, he's a big celebrity and like, you know, he has the money to like make people disappear type of thing. (laughs) Um, But, you know, this girl seemed like the first person that kind of told him like, no, like, hey, you're kind of an asshole. Mm -hmm. And like, one of the things that came out after she was dead, of course, but um, I think we have it here in the United States. It's an app called WhatsApp. I'm oh, not... WhatsApp. WhatsApp, yeah. yeah. So their WhatsApp <laughs> <laughs> um, text conversation came out, and apparently she was saying a lot of things like, hey, I don't know who you think I am, but I'm not some hoe. Like, obviously, like, I've been with guys before you, but, like, I'm not, like, some hoe that just sleeps around. Mm-hmm. And um, she's like, I'm scared of you sometimes. You, like, act really weird. Like, you're great 90% of the time. But at that point, it's like, dude, you've only been with this guy for three months. And you're already, like, saying shit like, I'm scared of you sometimes. Like, you're acting irrational sometimes. And, like, even, like, his trainers would say that, you know, when he was working out, he would, like, just start, like, going crazy. Like, start yelling and, like, mm-hmm. you know. And you might say, like, this is an elite elite um, Olympian and he's just like in that mambo mentality yeah, kind of thing. Shit, yeah. But sometimes it's like this motherfucker's like crossing the line. Like he's like yelling at people like whenever his workouts don't go the way he wants them to, and like he just kind of has like that road rage kind of mentality. Uh, aggro, like it's very yeah. aggro. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a total like aggro guy. So like, you know what? I I'll, I'll uh, put somebody on blast kind of here. Like we have like a local, I, I would say quote unquote celebrity like that who like lost a limb um in combat if you will and wow. um he's like pretty big like on instagram like in the powerlifting community and whatnot it, i mean he's like impressively strong and you know built like a fucking you know brick shit house and whatnot mm-hmm. right and so i saw him at target you know not too long ago and i was like oh wow that's so and so you know like oh wow like i was gonna go up to him and like you know it'd be like hey you mind if i get a picture like you know i go to the gym a lot or whatever i've been working out for like 10 years or whatnot and i'm not half as you know you know and impressive as him you know yeah but i was just like hey like you know you know what's your secret you know hint hint wink wink tongue in cheek you know um but he was just like pissed off the whole time and you know just like he was calling his girlfriend like what fucking shampoo did you say again like i don't have time to fucking you know memorize what you are like just like totally like just aggroing out like over the phone and i was like my girlfriend and i were hearing this and she was he's like man i can't believe he's talking to his girlfriend like that like you're not even that pissed off like when you're hungry and i'm like i know like like I'm scared to go up and approach him. And um, you see that, though, a lot, though, like with people in the gym who, you know, rely on substances, you know, to um, enhance their performance, if you will. You know, they get very short-tempered, you know. We kind of touched on it, you know, like with, you know, Chris, the Chris Benoit episode yeah. and um, even a little bit with the Aaron Hernandez one. Like you, you're chemically imbalancing yourself, like when you're doing that. You have these elevated levels of um, testosterone and whatnot. And unfortunately, testosterone is going to make you you know, easily angered, you know, and I can totally see this. This is like when he was popular, like this totally in the era of, you know, like Lance Armstrong, you know, getting busted for PEDs yeah, and whatnot. Definitely. So I can definitely see that being a response for that. And not only that, he, he lost both of his legs. So there's always going to be like a Napoleon complex there where he's, you know, making up for what he doesn't and, have. And I do think that that's one of the things like this guy has been fighting his whole life. to will be at the top of the game, you know, when he was in rugby, like, rugby is no joke of a mm-hmm. sport, you know? Like, he was getting physical with these people. Like, he, that's all he knew was, like, 
I have to like be the baddest motherfucker mm-hmm. at everything, even though like that's probably not who he was. But eventually, you start becoming like the lie that you are. So yeah, and I think that that whole thing about like kind of being like I wouldn't say like a womanizer, but it sounds like he treated like all of his ex girlfriends like shit. Mm-hmm. And like you know, this woman, you know, she was you know a she went to the Nelson Mandela School of Law. Oh, wow. Which is, like, very impressive because we that's, like, the one, like, big name that we all know from South, South Africa. Africa. <laughs> yeah. So I'm assuming it was a really good school. Um, so she went there, and then she was, like, really outspoken about, like, women's abuse and all these mm-hmm. things. So it was kind of, like... A threat to his masculinity. Yeah, that yeah. this woman wasn't taking shit from him and telling him. And then some of those what's up, like, things that she was saying, she was saying it in such a, like, genius way she was saying like this incident that occurred to us as opposed to like accusing him of like you were being a douchebag you were mm-hmm. so i guess they were at some wedding reception and like he accused her of like of flirting with some other dude and all this bullshit and he was just like like i'm not gonna tolerate this shit we're leaving right now and you know so obviously they weren't on good terms yeah and when you're three months in you're not on good terms with someone that's already signs of red a, flag you know, yeah yeah you're probably not gonna go places with this person yeah but anyways the big, to me, the biggest red flag in this whole thing is his gun was under his bed when he went to go get it, and it was supposedly under the side that she was sleeping on. But I, according to him, she was just she might have slid over to the other side of the bed at that mm-hmm. t- that night. So uh, when he went to go get it, get the gun, it doesn't make sense how he didn't see that there was no one else in the bed. Yeah, and he just went to shoot. I don't know. This motherfucker did it. He killed her. I'm like honestly the more like research I was doing I was like oh my god this is like so straightforward that he just went started shooting and like there's no excuse like it was like roid rage like she must have gotten a text message from some other dude or maybe she got a text or he got a text message from some other girl or something and he just mm-hmm. flipped out and like or like maybe she was like oh, I'm done with this like what's crazy is what ended up happening though what was the actual like resolve of this uh he ended up going to jail mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, I think he's actually going to serve a life sentence because I don't okay. think, I believe they don't have the death penalty Okay. in South Africa. I didn't do that research. But they fed him to the lions. They, I think they just keep him inside of a teepee hut. <laughs> <laughs> they have baboons. They like, seem like they're very polite. Like I think of our prisons, I assume we have like some of, we don't, we have, we don't have like Siberian death prisons or anything like that, but, no. um, but I assume our prisons are pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> so there's no like chimpanzees like fucking throwing no, caca at him or anything no, like that. I, no, he he did go to jail. Okay, so I'm happy to report that he is in jail. He's behind bars. And for a while, he got out. Like some other lawyer came in and said, started accusing the the uh, detective of like, like, hey, this is a shitty detective, and brought up some old shit from one of his old files. Kind of like that same um, stuff from like the O.J. Simpson trial, oh, where like yeah, they yeah, started yeah. bringing up old shit. It was similar to that. It wasn't at that level. There wasn't a bunch of racist bullshit on this guy, but yeah. but still, they started bringing up like questions of like, can we even trust the detective? Mm-hmm. And which is a smart move because yeah. you know I don't know how you know South African um, criminal you know uh, justice system works or whatever, but you, you always hear this like you know speaking to OJ Simpson, like they have to be able to you know have without a shadow of a doubt that he's the one that you know. Well, obviously he did, you know, commit the crime, but, you know, this is what happened beyond a shadow of a doubt. If there's any doubt, we can't convict here. And so, 
you got to think like that is a great tactic to, you know, like implement there because if we can put doubt that, hey, maybe he had a vendetta against this guy. Maybe he wanted fucking the other South African guy to get the Olympic nod or, you know, when he was playing rugby, maybe he was a fan of the other team and whatnot, which you do see here like in America, you know, like people mm-hmm. will have like hold that bias and, you know, it's unfortunate. But yeah, I mean, that would, if I was a lawyer, I would use the same tactic. Yeah, yeah. That, no, but, it's a smart tactic. I just think. The evidence is just so stacked against overwhelming. him. Yeah, it's just so overwhelming, especially when he's saying that he didn't have his legs on, the bullets are coming in from a high point mm-hmm. angle, and like it just doesn't add up. Why break the door down with a cricket bat if you? it sounds like you've killed someone? Why start breaking the door down now with the cricket bat? Yeah, it's more just, further incriminating yourself because you got to put, put yourself in that position. Like, let's say... I, I would like to believe that we're both more reasonable people than this. Huh. Um, like, let's say somebody was, you know, breaking into your house. Like, you're going to want to make sure everybody, like, I'm gonna, I'm thinking about my dogs. I'm thinking about my, obviously, my newborn kid. Um, you know, my girlfriend making sure that they're behind me, you know. And then, you know, if this perpetrator, like, seeing, like, what's what. Because if if all they're doing is breaking in with a knife and you got a gun, like, yeah, you, you, your first logical, you know, line of thought is, like, you you shoot him and he only has a knife on him. Yeah. You're going to jail for a long time. And you just brought up the fact that, Hey, South Africa, you know, their laws, like you're going to jail no matter what, like killing is killing is killing. Mm -hmm. So you got to think like, where was this guy's mind at? Was he thinking like, was he just high off of the, um, the fact that, you know, he's a celebrity and maybe he could have gotten off with it. Or, you know, did he really think, you know, (laughs) that this was like a, you know, bulletproof motive that, Hey, he really thought that, you know, there was some, fucking poacher out there trying to steal his fucking like golden <laughs> emu egg or whatever <laughs> i think i think he fucked up and now like the story makes no sense yeah especially once you just think about like he went from the balcony to the bed he said it was so dark he couldn't see anything and it was just like come on man like are you telling me according to some of the neighbors they were saying that the lights in the bedroom were on like the whole night so oh, they wow. were just kind of like that doesn't add up apparently somebody heard like a loud scream before like the murder was reported and then, like, a couple of minutes later, he called it in. Like, so it sounds like they were arguing about something, possibly. Yeah. It sounds like he was a very jealous guy to begin with. Yeah. It sounds like maybe she maybe had, like, a picture on her Instagram with her ex-boyfriend or something. Like, maybe saw a text from an ex-boyfriend. God. And he flipped out and, like, couldn't handle it. And he, I agree with that whole, like, Napoleon syndrome. Like, that's, that's a fucking real thing. Like, there's, mm-hmm. like, just shitty people that just don't have that confidence that's like all right you got it you're dating somebody new you got to forget that old shit this is like a new start from then on mm-hmm. it, it screams of that too because that, that saying that you know the loudest person is never the toughest person in the room you know, the toughest person is usually the quietest person in the room and so i totally see that you know he's overcompensating for something i don't know i mean he has a chiseled chin you know obviously mm-hmm. he's a handsome yeah. guy i mean just be be cool with that you know and everything will be okay but you know, it'll fuck people up. Like I said, there's that guy that's here locally, and you didn't seem like a pleasant individual. You yeah, know, yeah. just yelling at his, gr- cussing his girlfriend out over the cell phone just because he didn't want to memorize which shampoo he had to go shopping for her with. But man, rest in peace to that model. Do you, do you have her name again? Reba. Reba Steenkamp. Steenkamp. Yeah. I'll post a picture on the Instagram. <laughs> yeah. Post a picture of him. Post. Let's see. Let's see. Just post this picture and say good looking or not. Yeah, we'll do the same thing with the Andrew Luck thing okay. and see what we get. Yeah, I'm curious to know because now. <laughs> I just but then to... also post a picture of him with those fucking blonde, the Justin Tim- yeah, Timberlake, those Justin uh, Timberlake tips. curls look disgusting, dude. <laughs> I am so glad there is no pictures of me like that because I did not go for that that look as a, when that shit was cool. <laughs> but anyways, okay, so my story, 
Um, not as intense, but probably equally disturbing. Um, I'm a big fan of heavy metal music, and um, I don't know. Do, do you like the band uh, Black Dahlia Murder? Uh, they're not one of my favorites, but I do like them. Yeah. So one of their best albums, um, Nocturnal. I, I actually love that album. Like, I'm not a fan of this genre of heavy metal or metal or death metal or black metal, whatever, whatever it's supposed to be classified as. Um, but I do really like this um, album, Nocturnal. It reminds me of a good time in my life, and you know, it's just a great album. So check it out. But um, hold on. <clears throat> one of the songs on there is called Death Mask Divine, and it has some really interesting lyrics and I kind of went down a rabbit hole before we even started this podcast, like where mm-hmm. I would just, you know, pull up, you know, you know, random articles on Wikipedia and whatnot and just like dive down a rabbit hole all day at work after I get everything done. <laughs> and then just like find out everything like I, I, there is to know about a certain album or artist or song and whatnot. And I thought we covered this topic before. And so I scoured like our topics and I was like, no, we didn't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this must've been like before the podcast, like where I would just, you know, I'd be done with my work early and I just did super fucking type a research for no fucking reason. But mm-hmm. I pretty much knew everything there was to know about it. But, um, it's a tale of Karl Tanzler or Count von Karl Tanzler von Kossel. So, uh, basically, uh, Mr. Karl over here was a German born radiologist technician radiology technologist so it's basically he was an x-ray tech but that's yeah. just the, the the technical term that they would like to be because i guess an x-ray tech like that's that's a derogatory term for oh people really in that wait field. what did you call him it's a radiology technologist oh yeah yeah so <laughs> whatever motherfucker you you run, you run an x-ray machine i'm a technologist man <laughs> so basically uh he was a he was german born um february 8th 1827 so when i was doing like you know my rehashing my research it was february 8th so i was like oh how apropos Mm -hmm. so um basically um carl um he uh is or he's alive during world war one and he becomes a british prisoner of war um and he gets shipped to australia and you know he's getting you know you know being here there and everywhere and whatnot but uh, basically you know to get out of you know the prison of war camp he had to you know finesse a lot of people uh, he, he had to become basically a, a certified liar you know make up degrees from um, colleges that never existed you know make up certificates that you know never existed and whatnot so yeah um you know he was trying to make himself uh, we saw this a lot during like world war Two. like you know Hey, I'm an asset. You know, I'm not just like some regular ass person because they had him in a concentration camp um, in Australia. Um, the British did, and you know he was trying to find his ticket out. And so he was ended up. He ended up was get, got out of you know uh, the prison down there in Australia, and he was shipped to uh, Holland, I believe it was, uh, because I believe uh, once you were discharged as a prisoner of war, you couldn't return back to your home country. So his home country was Germany. So um, he relocated to Holland, and he, I do believe that's actually where he got, you know, some of his medical degrees at was in Holland, where he can, you know, actually run an x-ray machine and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So it was very <laughs> primitive, too, because, you know, this is, we're talking about the early, you know, 1900s and whatnot. Um, but basically, they were probably getting, like, radiation poison every time they were doing that shit. And I, I'm pretty sure that's what happened to this guy, because this guy ends up being pretty fucking nuts. So um he gets denied access back to germany so he goes to holland and meets up with family members you know gets gets his education on and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and whatnot and so um he uh, actually finds a way back to germany um all low-key and he marries a lady named doris schaefer and they have two kids and everything starts to seem okay you know like 
hey, you know, hey, I went through some shit as a prisoner of war, but hey, you know, I'm starting my family. I'm doing the Jacob Pixon thing here, man. I'm, mm. you know, I'm, I'm a big boy now, mommy. Wow. Yeah. And um, <laughs> but he's very unhappy. Everyone said that you know he's very unhappy, and he started to lose it mentally, kind of like what you were indicating that you know that he was running these primitive x-ray machines and whatnot so he's probably you know getting mentally poisoned and whatnot dude i feel like at that time period like anything can poison you you know like those like mad hatter things where they were putting like fucking what was the chemical mercury mercury in their hats oh my god yeah (laughs) probably going through that shit hey when we were doing uh research on the potential topic of the salem witch trials they said that in salem their soil was full of that mercury so like a lot of the individuals in that area they they were probably experiencing like mercury poisoning where they thought like you know women were witches and whatnot because they were seeing shit oh, that bet. wasn't one of those wasn't there so um, so Mr. Uh, Mr. Tanzer if you will was uh, experiencing a touch of this and he started to recall um, visions from his childhood that you know a distant relative who was of uh, royal um, German royalty if you will it was another von Kossel. Um, who's you came to him in a dream as an apparition kind of like Ebenezer Scrooge Brett Van Tassel. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Shout out, Brent. Um, but it was said to him that his true love was not the woman that he was currently married to, but rather a very exotic, dark-haired lady, mm-hmm. and that he must he must go out in the world and find her. So, you know, as the story goes, um, the family immigrates to, Im- emigrates to Florida. I guess there's a difference between immigrate and emigrating. This family emigrated. Oh, what is the difference? Emigrate. Emigrate just means you're coming from one country to another, and then immigrating is become natu- starting the process of naturalization. Oh, okay. All right. They emigrated because he didn't yeah. become a citizen. He was an illegal. He was a legal alien. Trump didn't build the wall yet. What do they call when birds all migrate? <laughs> they migrated. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they migrated. So they emigrated to uh, Florida in 1926 to Zephyr Hills, Florida. And the reason why is because he believed that, you know, the woman that he was looking for was going to be of, you know, Cuban or Puerto Rican or Mexican descent, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a fiery Latina. I can't blame him. The most beautiful a woman. Spicy Latina. There you go. He wanted some, he wants some hot sauce on his burrito, baby. And <laughs> so um, he, he moves his family to Zephyr Hills, Florida, which is basically in the middle of Florida. I want to say like Orlando-ish mm-hmm. where Disney World is at and whatnot. And then a year later, uh, he leaves his family to Key West, like just in the middle of the night, just leaves to Key West. And I always figured like Key West was like near like Miami, Florida or somewhere like that. But I guess, and I, I feel very ignorant for not knowing this, but there's the actual like, you know, peninsula of Florida. But then there's like all these like random ass like islands that like branch off of Florida. Mm-hmm. And then Key West is like the final island in that. So think of California. That's where Robert the Doll is. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. where Robert the Doll is at. And so there's all these random ass uh, islands and think of uh, California. And then it almost like to me, it seems like it almost like branches out almost to like from California to Hawaii because it takes six hours from where his family was at Mm -hmm. to where he was at. But he ends up taking a job at it looks like um, at the U.S. Marine Hospital, you know, as an x-ray tech. I'm going to be derogatory here because this motherfucker's crazy as shit. Yeah. So he's already left his family and his daughters and whatnot. And one of the daughters actually dies, you know, um, in the middle of him, you know, getting to Key West. Um, Deadbeat dad doesn't go back to his family or whatnot. Um, And he gets this job there as an x-ray tech. So about three years later, you know, he's, you know, vested at this uh, hospital and whatnot. And uh, three years later, April 22nd, 1930, 
an Elena Milagro de Hoyos, who's a, basically a Cuban. Uh, Milagro de Ojos? De Hoyos. Oh. De Hoyos. Uh, is brought in by her mother because she's very sick. And immediately, Mr. Carl Tanzler falls in love with her. And he's like, that's the girl. That's the spicy Latina that I was falling in love with. That, you know, my my uh, my royal uh, ancestor was telling me about. And Helena, she was very beautiful. I guess, like, mm-hmm. she was, like, every guy um, where she was from. Because I guess she came from Cuba to Key West. Um, everybody fell in love with her immediately. She was just that, you know, fiery and spicy and whatnot. And she was only 20 years old. Now, mind you, Carl was like in his like late 60s, early 70s and whatnot. So he's like a creepy old like man at this time. Mm-hmm. And um, she was very sick and her mom didn't know what, what the hell was going on. So um, as it turns out, like most of her family members, you know, they were rapidly passing away. And as it turns out, it was um, they were all catching tuberculosis, which was a, a fucking big killer at this time. You know, mm-hmm. we're talking about the 1930s. You know, the, the treatment wasn't there. And so he's he's trying all he can to help her. And mind you, he's only an x-ray tech. And the hospital, you know, is not really, you know, able to cure her or do anything for her. So he gets some kind of special um, permission from the hospital to do, like, all this experimental treatment. So, like, he was, you know, mixing up, like, coconut oil and these random-ass, <laughs> like, snake oil tonics and whatnot and... You know, probably jacking off into a fucking beaker or whatnot. And, like, you know, just, like, experimenting on her. And the the story goes that she was just getting more and more sick. But he was, like, trying his best, like, pouring his heart out, you know, trying to save her. But, unfortunately, um, it, lo- it looks like, uh, according to my notes here, uh, she ends up passing away um, October of 1931. So, for, like, almost a whole year, he's trying to help her. Uh, but she passes away. And heartbroken and distraught. Um, you know, he, you know, takes care of all the funeral expenses. You know, he, he buys the most expensive gowns and jewelry, you know, to, you know, bury her in and builds this very elaborate mausoleum for her, you know, in the Key West uh, cemetery. And so, um, I was looking at pictures of it and it's like this humongous, like fucking like cement house, if you will. Like it looked like, like somebody could actually live in there. Like there's a space that looks like you can have like a toilet and a kitchen and, you know, a spare bedroom, if you will, but like this mm-hmm. humongous mausoleum that, you know, he totally like footed the bill for. Um, and it actually had like a front door on it and whatnot and a door that you can actually go in and out of. Now, the creepy thing is, is that he was the only person that had the only key to visit her or to to open up this door. And the family said that, you know, he was just so distraught by her death that um, he would visit her every single night. And, you know, he would open up the door and walk into the mausoleum and visit basically the corpse. So she was in her casket in this mausoleum and he would just open it up and like they would say like he would disappear for days in there or whatnot. And so this behavior kind of became more and more creepy. And they said that, you know, he eventually got fired from his job because, you know, it was just something that they that that, that hospital couldn't have attached to the name because they, they be eventually became known as, hey, we're the place that employs like this X ray tech <laughs> that, you know, sleeps with the dead and whatnot. So what ended up happening, he loses his job. And I guess what happens is the family documents that, you know, he all of a sudden just stops visiting um, her her uh, her mausoleum, if you will. And so the family are thinking to themselves, like, okay, maybe he's moving on. And 
Uh, a lot of the neighbors were saying that, hey, you know, they would see him, you know, in the window with dancing with another lady or sitting at the table with an, a lady or, or whatnot because he would have his whole window like on display, it looked like. Like he was displaying something for the whole neighborhood. But, mm-hmm. you know, people of Key West, you know, very, you know, polite individuals, you know, they weren't peering in and looking yeah. or trying to watch him like a TV show. I assume they're all like 60-year-old Cubans. Yeah, you know, they're very like to themselves, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Smoking cigars. Yes, yeah, living the life, driving classic cars living and whatnot. Living La Loca. Looking like fucking Ricky Martin and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> and so everyone was like, okay, good for him. Maybe he moved on, you know, from Helena. Well, as it turns out, one uh, neighbor looked in the mirror and was like horrified by what they saw. They said what they saw, it looked like him like dancing around with a paper mache mummy. And so the rumor had it that he fucking stole um, Helena's body from the tomb and was, you know, commingling with her, you know, um, in the house. So Helena's sister, you know, goes and visits Mr. Carl and she says, hey, what's going on? Like, I'm hearing all these rumors. Like, just tell me it's not true. Like, we appreciate everything you've done for her family. Because he was taking care of the family as well. Like, he, I guess, had a lot of money from being this baller-ass fucking x-ray tech and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And she noticed, like, a lot of weird things. Like, he had, like, a bunch of plaster, like, on the table. Um, a bunch of, like, paper mache and all these, these perfumes. Um, a lot of people noticed around town, like, he was constantly buying women's clothing, um, you know, jewelry and all this, like, you know, just feminine stuff, basically, mm-hmm. right? And she was like, hey, like, there's a lot of crazy rumors going around. Like, we just want to make sure, like, nothing's going on. And so I guess you different accounts say she stumbled upon her body or that she had, like, the police do a welfare check. But either way, the police ended up coming to his house, and they did end up finding her body. And the fucking crazy thing is is that they did like an autopsy on you know helena's body and what mr carl tanzler did is he attached her bones with uh, coat hangers so you know the body you know it had been decomposed for quite some time Uh, she passed away that was one of my questions of like if she was just going to be like rotting bones Mm -hmm. so she passes away in 1931 he gets arrested in 1933. So this body has been, you know, decomposing for quite some yeah. time, a couple of years, right? So the, um, the the personnel that did the autopsy found out, you know, the bones were, you know, melded together basically with white coat hangers. Mm-hmm. So that way he could, you know, manipulate the body to move certain ways and directions. Kind of like, you know, an action figure, if you mm-hmm. will. Um, he fitted her eyes because the eyes had rotted out with glass eyes. So they were very... There's pictures of this shit too, because they, they they actually like have this oh, on crazy. display. Um, so the skin would rot, and he would dip uh, wax silk and plaster, and like just it, like when the skin would come off, like he would just plaster over it, um, you know, new <laughs> new skin or whatever. So that would explain like the paper mache. Um, her hair started to fall out, obviously, because it was being you know rotted out, and he actually was able to obtain hair from like the parents just like as like kind of an effigy if you will just like oh i really want this so he had hair on deck oh wow and fucking fancied a wig for her and you know super glued it onto the head 
filled the body full of paper and rags and whatnot because you know the chest would cave in so he would have to you know maintain its shape maintain its shape by you know filling it up with you know the rags and the paper and whatnot um and then the most disturbing thing that they said that they found was that there was a paper tube inserted in you know the genital area so that he can have sex with the body wow yeah so it was really paper tube you would think he would want to go plastic wasn't around was it I'm assuming so. Mm, okay. Um, but yeah, so then the perf- he, the perfumes and whatnots that he was seen around town buying was he would use like a lot of perfumes and disinfectants and formaldehyde because obviously he's holding like this fucking like decomposing body like in his house and he had it in his home. No, it wasn't 1933 that this happened. It was in 1940 that they actually found it. So she passed away in 1931, and they actually um, found the body in 1940. Um, But, yeah, he took the body in 1933 from the cemetery. So he took it two years later out of there, but it wasn't discovered until seven years later after that. So he's basically got this, like, nine-year-old, like, decomposing body in his house. And so when it went to trial... um, they um they got him for charges of wantingly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. Now, when it was going to like a preliminary trial, like this is where they found out all this information because you know they had him you know psychologically evaluated and they said he was a pretty much he was a genius level person, mm-hmm. but you know he's just a little bit of an eccentric. But he wasn't crazy by you know. Their so was standards. Ted Kaczynski though. Yeah, that is true. A and, lot of those fucking guys are like. There's like a medical definition of crazy, but then there's like actually like, okay, this person's not on the same level as us. Like, yeah. you know, on paper they might be geniuses, but they're a little little touched, if you will. Yeah. So that's what they found that like, hey, they, he, on paper he wasn't crazy, but I mean, come on now. You're sticking fucking toilet paper tubes up someone. This isn't it. a real vagina. This is paper. Yeah. I mean, you got to use a lot of fucking uh, Vaseline yeah. <laughs> to make that work, right? Um, but basically they, when they got to trial, the, all the, all the charges got dropped because it went past the statute of limitations. So he ended up being a free man, but he was very free with, you know, what he was, what, you know, they were asking him about, like, did you take the body from the grave? He said, yes. And that's when he would told people, tell people that, Hey, you know, my, you know, you know, my ancestor came to me in a dream and said, this was the woman that I was supposed to fall in love with. This was my true love. You know, I regret nothing. You know, yes, I did sleep with the, <laughs> with the dead body. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because he goes, he revealed his master plan was, and here's where the case kind of gets a little bit creepier is that he was building a spaceship in his backyard. Wow. And he was going to fly her body out into the atmosphere. And he was hoping that the radiation would bring her body back to life and they were going to start a new life on another planet. Wow. <laughs> you know, that's a pretty airlock tight uh, plan, though. So I can't blame him on that. No. It's <laughs> <laughs> but um, what's crazy, though, too, is is that, you know, if obviously this is like this is it's a pretty compelling story. Right. Yeah. And it was one of the first instances of like the media, you know, going wild, like media craze and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're we're kind of selling this as like, hey, there's this crazy ass German dude, you know, fucking a paper fucking corpse. Right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the media was like had a lot of sympathy towards him, kind of like you're a guy. But like more or less, they thought it like he was just an eccentric romantic, you know. We we kind of touched on it like with the Aaron Hernandez documentary where it's just like, what's up with girls and liking killers or whatever? Like you yeah. always see them, them liking, you know. Aaron Hernandez, like even we're not sure yet. Yeah. Where they were talking about, like, hey, I heard that. That's a, see, okay, so that's the thing that I thought was the most interesting. 
that I forgot which one of them mm-hmm. was like, he's kind of cute. And not, like the one that likes like young dudes, the pedophile. <laughs> which one of you two is a pedophile? Yeah. <laughs> we'll discuss that next week or whenever they're coming on. But um, th- that's the part I thought was really interesting because like that's not a part that we, you know, we brought into our own topic. But the fact that, you know, if you had a jury with women on it, mm-hmm. And I think they say that during the documentary too, where they're like, "Oh, he's kind of cute" or whatever. Oh, like, he's you, gorgeous as fuck. Yeah, 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 something like that. But you can kind of manipulate. Same thing with like the OJ trial. Like the mm-hmm. OJ trial, they wanted to have, um, like, it was mostly black people on mm-hmm. the trial. I think they had like two, like one was half white, half black, and one white woman on there. Yeah. But that that's how they manipulated things. And then, you know, it was definitely like if you were gonna have a dude like that, I, he, the dude was like six five, like ripped as hell, mm-hmm. like model looking dude all tatted up the bad boy you yeah, know yeah the, who's the who's the the, the aj aj <laughs> from the backstreet boys <laughs> yeah the aj of the the murdering football world um like of course you're gonna want to have like mostly women jurors you know yeah because even if even if you're like the toughest dude like majority rules you're not gonna want to be the dude that's just like oh, i'm the one guy that doesn't get it it's just like you know you can you can tilt people enough in the direction of like emotionally manipulate yeah, them yeah where it's like not guilty. Yeah, and so a lot. The public had like a, a lot, like a healthy um, empathy for him. They, you know, again, like you said, you know, there was some women that were thinking to themselves. Like one lady was quoted as saying, "Like I can't even get my husband to go to the grocery store for me to get a loaf of bread," and this guy is like going all out for like a dead corpse and whatnot. So like yeah. it drew a lot of like media sympathy for him. Uh, but story doesn't end there. Um, Carl eventually goes back to his original wife. Um, but the the fucking creepy thing is is that he still um, worshipped Helena like immensely. So I guess when she died, he had a death mask made for made of her face. So oh, I had wow. to look this up. I didn't know what this like what a death mask was. Like I, I immediately thought of um, Ed Gein, where mm-hmm. like he would just like peel the skin off someone's face or whatnot, or Nicolas Cage and face off and or whatever. But I guess like it was a common practice for people to make like a plaster of um you know the recently deceased face Mm -hmm. and they would have what's called a death death mask and they would you know have like little uh tributes to people or relatives that you know have gone away Uh, but he had like a death mask made of helena and what he ended up doing is recreating her body out of paper mache and you know other substances and had a freaking like you know full life effigy in their home in the living room mind you he's living back with his fucking original wife again and they said the way he died was he died in the arms of Helena's effigy. And some rumors have it that he secretly paid somebody. Now, Helena's body, real quick, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. Um, Helena's body, um, after the trial, um, it didn't go back to the parents for whatever reason. It went to a funeral home who ended up like parading her corpse around. Um, and it, it's very creepy looking. Like It just looks like a paper mache doll, but it's an actual body under there and whatnot. Uh, but they ended up parading her body around, and they said some somewhat of 6,800 people flew to Key West just to view her body, like in, 19, in 1930. Kind of like... It because- just hit me that this is what that My Chemical Romance song is about. Really? Yeah, the song Helena. <laughs> oh, fuck. As you said that, I was like, oh, that explains that whole video and song. Okay. Where the corpse comes back to life. But yeah, continue. Yeah, so... Yeah, so they they parade her body around. I'm like super disrespectful, in my opinion. I don't know. Like maybe her family wanted that. Maybe they profited off that. I don't know. I'm not. I didn't get that far. I didn't see any research on that. But like put puts her body on display for like 
six months, I guess it was. Um, but then after a while, you know, just to, you know, keep the integrity, I guess, if you can. I mean, God. Yeah, she kind of reminds me of um, Uma Thurman in Kill Bill, like where she's a vegetable, basically. And, mm. you know, she's in the hospital and people are paying to screw her body. Mm-hmm. She's basically the, at that at this point. And, you know, to keep the integrity of her body, you know, they, they bury her in an unmarked grave and in a little 18-inch box. So I guess, like, they they say that they, uh, you know, uh, cremated her, her, her remains, if you can call, and put her in an 18-inch box in an unmarked grave. But rumor has it that Carl actually paid somebody to switch out the effigy with the death mask with the actual body of her and displayed it in their home with his wife until the day he died, which was in her arms. Wow. Yeah, so there you go, everybody. 2020. Crazy. My Bloody Valentine. My Bloody... This is (laughs) is the third year of it, right? Third year. Volume three, everybody. Volume three. (laughs) What was the third Halloween they did? Uh, Season of the Witch. Yeah, that's right. Season of the Witch. Yeah. Damn, that's actually one of my favorites. Yeah. Shout out to Kim and Ket Stay Alive. They reviewed that one. We don't talk about them. <laughs> Shout out to podbelly.com. Yeah, anyways. Shout um, out to Brett. He's been messaging me. I've been uh, trying to figure out some sticker ideas. Okay. He's been shooting them down. I was like, Jacob's, Jacob's kind of busy. I explained to him. I was like, Jacob's having a baby right now. He was mm-hmm. like, what do you mean Jacob's having a baby right now? No, what? <laughs> he was one of the first people. <laughs> no, I know. No, I was like, I was like, yeah, I don't want to bug him right now. It was like the day you were... You guys were having the baby. I was like, I don't want to be like, hey, what do you think of this? Like, <laughs> but um, so I was like, hey, uh, Jacob's a little bit busy. Let me know what you think of these. And he was like shooting them down. But uh-huh. so we're still at square zero. You haven't missed anything. Okay. Basically. I haven't missed anything. <laughs> Anyways, guys, um, thank you for listening this far. If I sound a little bit tired, it's because I've literally in the last like five days probably only had like six hours of sleep. So which is not enough. But thank you for everybody that um, has been with us. Um these last couple of weeks or so, like we, Art and I were talking about, it. I feel like every week we've just been kind of like knocking it out of the park. So uh, we got some big news coming in the future here. So uh, we're not going anywhere, guys. Um, this podcast is growing by leaps and bounds. Stay um, tuned. We Joe Rogan, some- keep an eye out for us. We're coming for you. I hope so. That motherfucker makes like $30 million a fucking episode or uh, a year off of his podcast and shit. So hopefully we can get that big. So yeah, we got some cool shit coming. Um, I think we posted a preview of something. I won't yeah. say what it was officially on here on the Instagram last week. So hopefully we can get that off the ground. Art and I will discuss it after this episode. But uh, like Art said, make sure you check out the Podbelly Network. Um, you know, there's some cool ass podcasts on there. Again, shout out to We're Not Sure Yet, our sister podcast there. Um, check out All Things Star Wars. Check out um, Hillbilly Horror Stories. Fucking Kim and Kat Try to Stay Alive, maybe. Um, as well as there's like a bunch of new ones that have been like been out yeah, there Yeah, Hillbilly well. Horror Stories. So when I was doing research on this topic, mm-hmm. Hillbilly Horror Stories popped up as one of the podcasts that they suggested. And I was like, oh, weird. I should listen to them. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but they're pretty cool. So anyways, guys, make sure you go to the Facebook. Make sure you go to the Instagram. Make sure you go to the Twitter. Sorry, my dogs are barking. Somebody must be outside. Um, but um, yeah, follow us. Uh, join the group. Uh, chat with us because... Uh, we love discussing stuff with us, with you guys. Like last week with the Kobe episode and the week before with the Aaron Hernandez um, episode, I enjoy talking with you guys. You know, I enjoy seeing you guys, you know, have little side conversations and whatnot. So it helps this show grow. So like Art said, make sure you keep spreading the good word, um, telling your mamas and your boo-boos too and whatnot. So 
Tell your mama. Yep, uh, I, I get the songs mixed up. <laughs> it's all good, but bro. But tell your mommy boobie too. Shout out to Mr. Jackman. Shout out to Warren. Shout out Caveman Coffee. Go to Caveman Coffee for 15% off. Type in America to get that 15% off. And tell them Art and Jacob sent you. So with that said, everybody, Art, do you have anything else? That's it. See you next week. I'm excited for next week already. All right, brother. See you guys soon. Later.